I'm Walker Hubble, and this is In Trouble with Hubble. Now, this is something I've wanted to talk about for a long time, and it's probably one of the most important things to happen in the sunk century. Now, a lot of you probably remember the Canadian trucker protest, but what I wanted to talk about was the way in which the Canadian government dealt with the protesters so barbarically, and as if they had no regard for the rights of the Canadian truckers. But first, before I get to that, I'll do a refresher for those of you who don't know or didn't know what the Canadian truckers were, so I'll explain what, a little bit about that before I get to what happened to the Canadian truckers. Now, the Canadian truckers, which became to be known as the Freedom Convoy, as some of you will remember them, formed convoys from several points and traversed the Canadian provinces before coming to Ottawa on January 29th, 2022, with a large protest of vehicles and pedestrians that filled the streets at Parliament Hill. They are protesting a specific COVID restriction that forced unvaccinated drivers to observe a two-week quarantine and a COVID-19 test before coming into Canada from the United States. Now, as you can imagine, this would interfere heavily with not only their personal lives, but their jobs as well. And eventually, the Canadian truckers started protesting unjust COVID restrictions in general. And they received support from people like Joe Rogan, Elon Musk, Jordan Peterson, and prominent conservatives Stephen Crowder and Ben Shapiro. Now, when, when the truckers were approaching Ottawa, Justin Trudeau used COVID as an excuse and quarantined to hide from the Canadian truckers. And then on his first appearance since his quarantine, he said this about the Canadian truckers. The small fringe minority of people who are on their way to Ottawa or who are uh, holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing. Trudeau also claimed the protesters were waving Nazi and Confederate flags. Now, these symbols didn't appear among the protesters in any significant numbers, but there were a handful of individuals that were seen with them at times. Now, does this mean we should lump a small fringe minority of the small fringe minority in with the rest of the small fringe minority? I think not. I mean, it's just like some protesters broke into the Capitol on January 6th, a small fringe minority of Antifa and BLM protesters were peaceful. But let's get back to the small fringe minority. Now, if you were following this, you'll remember the Canadian truckers were getting funding for the protest and raised $10 million. Now, if you think about that, that's that's like a dollar here, five dollars there, ten dollars, maybe a hundred dollars at a time, got up to ten million dollars. They were raising this money with GoFundMe, but eventually action started to be taken against the truckers. GoFundMe declared the truckers, the Freedom Convoy, in violation of the terms of service of their platform and stated the donations page was removed. Then when that didn't work, and they started to get funding through cryptocurrency, the Federal Royal Canadian Mounted Police, the RCMP, flagged 253 Bitcoin addresses and forbid local crypto exchanges from facilitating transactions with the accounts. Also, the RCMP put a freeze on 206 bank and corporate accounts managing millions in funds related to the protests. And days later, when stopping their funding didn't work, the Canadian government used force. 
During a three-day operation, Ottawa police deployed pepper spray and stun grenades to disperse the crowds. They towed away over 70 vehicles and arrested 191 people, bringing a total of 389 charges against 103 of them. That's a total of three, I mean, that's an average of three to four charges per person. Three of the protest key organizers were also arrested and charged with mischief, and two of them are now out on bail. And we don't know what happened to the rest of them, but it is clear now that no Canadian can stand up against the Canadian government without consequences. And furthermore, Canada has recently been under threat of being disarmed with a mandatory gun buyback, which is really just a gun confiscation. This would eliminate the Canadian citizens' ability to put up any kind of resistance against a corrupt, tyrannical, malevolent government, foreign or domestic. You see, one of the reasons the Second Amendment, and we have the Second Amendment here in the United States, the right to keep and bear arms, is to protect the First Amendment, or freedom of speech. Both of which are there so you are not easily oppressed. Canada has neither of these, so they can have anti-gun legislation being proposed right now, and they have compelled speech laws that are already on the books. But speaking of the Second Amendment, this is what Justin Trudeau thinks of your right to defend yourself with a firearm in Canada. You can't use a gun for self-protection in Canada. That's not a right that you have in the Constitution or anywhere else. If you try and buy a gun and say it's for self-protection, no, you don't. And if Justin Trudeau got his way, like maybe here in the United States, we have to use something like this for home defense. <laughs> That'd be a lot more difficult, wouldn't it? And, and you can see how, how arrogant he is and how sure of himself he is. Well, it's, it's not in our constitution, so we don't have to worry about making anti-gun legislation. You, you don't get that right. And this, this is a perfect example when a government keeps getting bigger and bigger and it keeps making the citizens smaller and smaller. And a government like this, especially when it starts getting more and more power, it's not gonna give up any of that. Well, there's one more thing I want to talk about before I go. Well, and, and this new thing has come up. It's really two things. Now, there's a protest going on that was inspired by the Canadian truckers using tractors. Now, these Dutch farmers are protesting environmental restrictions that would further limit their carbon and nitrogen emissions. Now, the most important of these restrictions is they would have to have less livestock. I guess because cow farts are hurting the environment. How dare you! Now, I, I was researching this and I found out some of these farmers are spraying cow manure on government buildings. I mean, how more ironic can you possibly be? I think, I mean, that's just hilarious and awesome. But on a more serious note, they're cracking down on this protest pretty hard and fast. They even fired on the protesters. Uh, I think they're probably doing this because they saw how effective the Canadian truckers were. And they don't want any, this protest to be anywhere near as effective. And they're saying a message, they're sending a message, you cannot stand up against us. Now, I mean, if you if you live here in the United States, you're probably thinking, well, thank God we nothing like that could ever happen here. Well, 
I'm, I'm sorry to say, but something like that has happened here. In 1932, there was something called the Bonus Army. And it's very similar to the, the Canadian truckers in this newest protest, especially the way in which it was dealt with. Now, the Bonus Army was a group of 43,000 demonstrators, 17,000 veterans of World War I, and their families and affiliate groups. They gathered in Washington, D.C. to demand early cash payment of their bonus service certificates. Now, these bonus service certificates were promised payment at maturity, including compound interest. However, they could not redeem these vouchers until 1945, and most of these veterans have been out of work since the Great Depression. So a lot of them couldn't afford food, let alone a house. A lot of them were homeless and starving. So you could understand why the principal demand of the bonus army was the immediate cash redemption of their bonus certificates. But on July 28th, in a barbaric and ruthless act that had no regard for the rights of the veterans, let alone their lives, U.S. Attorney General William D. Mitchell or the veterans removed from all government property. And then when Washington police were met with resistance, they fired on the protesters, wounding two of them who later died, I mean, two veterans for that matter, who later died of their injuries. And President Herbert Hoover ordered the U.S. Army to clear the marchers' campsite. And Army Chief of Staff General Douglas uh, MacArthur command a contingent of infantry and cavalry supported by six tanks. So the bonus army with their wives and children were driven out and their shelters and belongings were burned. And all this happened despite the fact that the US Constitution grants you the right to petition the government for a redress of your grievances. A, a place like Canada doesn't have that right. It's one of the reasons they're able to be dealt with in a barbaric way such as this. However, that's it for this show on Trouble with Hubble. You can find the show on YouTube, Rumble, Vimeo, and anywhere you get your podcast. And I'll see you in the next one.